Good evening, and welcome to another installment of The Briefing Room. I'm here, John, with my friend Eric. Eric. Uh, our friend Andy could not be with us tonight, so we're going it alone, the two of us, whatever. Yep. So here we are. Just I'm not sure if I'll put this in the writing or not, but the drink tonight for me is a Smithix Ale, which is pretty good. Smithix Ale. Yeah, it's not an Irish, Irish beer. Ah. Pretty damn good, actually. And... Otherwise, we're uh, tonight we're reviewing the Squire of Gothos, and I'm going to let Eric tell us what it's about. This episode is uh, about the Enterprise encountering a rogue planet, uh, one that had never been mapped before, and they start to investigate it. And Kirk and Sulu just disappear off the bridge. They start getting strange transmissions. They uh, Spock attempts to find them, and they end up being abducted all of them are several members of the uh, the Enterprise bridge crew plus part of another landing party get abducted by an alien who calls himself Trelane and obviously wields very impressive powers and acts sort of nuts though just not quite all there and uh, the episode revolves around uh, Kirk's battle with Trelane to free the Enterprise and its crew and the ultimate resolution, which is that Trelane is a child, uh, an alien, a member of an alien race that is extremely powerful and advanced, um, but he's still a child, and as such was all of the torments that he had put the Enterprise crew through were just basically childish pranks on an entirely different level than what humans do, but still childish, childishness. Yeah, that, that's a great summary. I think that it, it yeah, it, it's pretty well wrapped up by this, by this point, but the, uh, the, the obvious parallel I, 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 everybody can draw from this is the, the fact that this is really the, you, know, you could say the genesis of all of the stuff they did in next gen with a Q. Mm -hmm. um, I would be shocked if this wasn't, part of the inspiration for that. Well, in fact, um, I read... I had a feeling that, you had read. <laughs> <laughs> that um, William Campbell was um, approached to uh, to reprise Trelane uh, in the, the pilot of Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, that's and interesting. he was going to do it, except at the last minute, they decided to go with um, John Delancey as Q. But uh, the obvious implication there is that the the Q were were our Trillian's race. Yeah, that that would be, and uh, I, I guess you could ask the question then if if that's if that's true, is uh, do do the Q race not have their you know full powers until they're you know grown up so to speak? Because obviously Trillian needed some instrumentation to uh, do a lot of the 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 powers that he demonstrated. Well, or or it could just be a you know technicality that's not going to worry about. <laughs> well, you know I don't know. That's an interesting question because you remember in the episode when Kirk shoots out the, the machine behind the mirror, yep. Um, Twain gets pissed and he still has apparently all his powers. And then they're you know they're in the courtroom and Kirk admits you know you know I took a chance shooting out the the mirror you know and so I'm willing to pay the price for. Yeah, and, and he goes, "Well, did you think that that was my only instrument?" And 
Right, that he had a backup. Right. But it, but it, that, it, you know, it it definitely implied though that he had some power source helping him out. Right. Which I guess you and, you could you know you could say that that's some aspect of their development or it's just just one of those technicalities. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, not that it's that important, I, but. <laughs> well, you know, it, as a matter of practicality, it was uh, you know a plot device that they needed to you know to move the plot along. But, right. Right. I mean, to make it jive with uh, what's been established about the queue, I suppose it could be that, you know, uh, when they're still young, the queue needs something to help focus or guide or amplify their their powers. Yeah, I, it's it's very possible. I, but it, it was obviously a, a convenience for the for this particular episode to have it set up that way. Yeah, yeah. I one of the things that we we discussed this before about the Trillane character that I I find you know kind of fun is that he's not only is he is he played in a kind of a childlike way but uh, there's almost an an old fashioned aristocratic excuse me um, effeminate nature to him yeah that that you know you you if if you wanted to just you know look at it simply you could say oh well he's kind of gay but it's it's really uh, it, it, that, that's kind of what I think you were right when you said that it was kind of an old-fashioned aristocratic, you know, child. Yeah. That he was. And, that he was. Uh, at, and that, that seemed to be what the actor was trying to do. Yeah. And now that you mention it, he does come across. If you look at it, Campbell is playing Trelane. Well, not only as a child, but also kind of as like a 16th or 17th century fox too. You know, the yeah, the the highly affected mannerisms and. And all that, but you know, as when I re- watched this episode again, it really struck me how, if you know, if you know the Trillane's nature when you're watching it, it all fits very well. Because Campbell really did a great job acting that that character. Because it, you know, you look back at, when you find out at the very end, oh, he's just a kid, and you think back, and wow, you know, that all fits in perfectly because he was. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a very well considered performance, I think. It, yeah, yeah, like that kind of thing. So I, I guess, and we were, we we're again. This goes back to an earlier discussion, but one of the things I, I really like about this one is that it, it seems to be going in some new direction for you know a traditional you know sci-fi show. Hmm. The, this I, I think at, I, I'm not sure at the time if if a lot of uh, movies or television had really done this this kind of and the idea that of uh, people just doing stuff with their mind. I mean, there are probably examples out there, but I, well, I think it. You look it's, at, uh, go ahead. Oh, I, I, I think you. Know, I one thing that just occurred to me is, of course, you could say Forbidden Planet was was kind of like that, right? On a much different scale, but uh, it seemed like a a pretty fresh idea, especially at the time, to to have a character like this. Well, if um, actually, and I didn't think of it until just now, if you go back to the original Twilight Zone, there was an ep- episode that uh, starred Bill Mummy, who was in Lost in Space, <laughs> where he was a kid with uh, who was. His complete spoiled brat because he had incredible powers like Trelane or like Charlie X. Now, is this the one where the whole town is terrified of him? Right. Oh, I, okay. I hadn't thought about that one in a long time. That, that, that's a good point. It's a good life. I think that was the name of the episode. Yep. I remember that one. Yeah. The, the, the creepy temper tantrum throwing kid when he kills people. (laughs) Right. And I'm not sure, but I'm, seems to me that there is probably well, there was that one um, Outer Limits episode that uh, dealt with a guy who um, 
kind of had forced evolution thrust on him, and he developed okay. into. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, I, I, you know, you can kind of half seriously say that original track had this thing about what happens when children get too much power. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. There, there's the children shall lead in this one, and there's some other examples out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of, you know, it kind of makes you wonder about that. <laughs> like, what was, well, what was, know, the next, what was you thinking yeah. about? Well, come to think of it, uh, Next Gen kind of did that, too. Mm, I don't interesting. Know. So or or, you, or it's uh, also or maybe it's just fun to to see kids kicking ass. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly has a role reversal. Oh yeah, and that's a, that's certainly a, a classic uh, development to do. I think. Yeah. So, so. what we're um, I'm just curious. Uh, we we've, we've talked about things we like about it. What uh, what didn't you like? Um, I you know there are just a few parts of it that are just a little bit. How should I put it? Um, I, I actually like this one quite a bit, but the um, well, you know, I I have a hard time actually coming up with. Okay, let me put it this way: there there are things in there that I just kind of rolled my eyes at, like the uh, oh, the way he go, k- goes on to Uhura and stuff like that, and she's playing the harpsichord and all that, and it, it's oh, yeah. it's kind of an eye rolling moment for me, but it's also uh, I I could easily see how it would be justifiable knowing the character, right? And that kind and... of thing. Um, you know, one one thing that was was kind of funny is that. You have let's uh, Desal I think tries to sneak up behind Trelane and shoot him or whatever. Yeah, it's it's very very obvious that he's standing in front of a mirror and <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't he know better? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean uh, the, that's a, that's just a nitpick, but it's it, it's kind yeah, of yeah. Starfleet officers are supposed to be trained in hand to hand combat. You know that's yeah. You would think that doing it in such a way as you don't get killed immediately would be part of that. Well, one one amusing thing that it's not totally related to this episode, but I. I the next one up is, of course, Arena with the, the Gorn and all that stuff. And that's another oh, yeah. episode where Kirk vanishes off the bridge. Mm-hmm. And in that one, Uhura lets out this massive scream. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't seem to react that much when all these people are zapped off the bridge. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I hadn't... Like, well, wait. She didn't scream last week. Why did she scream this week? <laughs> Maybe Again, just, just little off. little stuff. It's really uh, not does, yeah. does, does not detract from the episode at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't noticed that before. No, oh, I wouldn't have either, except that you know, just watching them in this kind of order. Oh yeah, you, you pick up things. Yeah, and of course, you know that they weren't produced in that order and all that kind of thing. Yeah, just well, to... like you, um, I don't really have any potent gripes with this episode, you know, as we were talking about earlier, it's probably in my top 10 Star Trek episodes. There are some technical problems I have with it, you know, like we were talking about the fact that if he was watching Earth from, what was it, oh, 700 yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. then he would have been looking in on um, approximately 16th century Earth, and he mentioned, you know, that with the pistols, that they were exactly like a pair that flew Alexander Hamilton. Right. Alexander Hamilton lived in the late 18th century. So, but you know, that's that's really a relatively minor minor point. I think. Oh, it doesn't doesn't really bother me. But uh, I think you know, as an episode, it was well conceived, well written, and the the directing was great. And you know, again, I I think William Campbell just really nailed that character. Yeah, exactly. Of course, yet another episode where Kirk kind of basically talks his way out of the situation. Yeah. Although he did have to go through a bit of uh, fighting to uh, 
to get well, there. Well, and you, that, that that's one of the rules. Yeah, you, know, you have to have some kind of a fight. Yeah. <laughs> but I do love that uh, there are some really great scenes in there. You know, like in in the courtroom where Twilight's getting ready to hang him, and you know, is complaining because it's so boring. And Kirk points out that he couldn't have achieved it without his help. And you know, why Trelane? And Trelane, oh, why? And Kirk says, because you're a bumbling, inept fool. And I, I just love that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's great. It's uh, it, it it makes a little more sense actually than some of the episodes where Kirk, you know, talks the computer into destroying itself and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not quite quite the quite the same thing. Yeah, and you know, it, it's also a, a good episode just from the standpoint that you know once you get past the fact that it's you know, it's an imaginative and it's fun. Um, it really has some interesting things to say about power because, um, and, and Spock kind of hints at it when he says, I object to intellect without discipline. I object to power without right. constructive purpose. And, the you know, the ill-mannered Spock, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because those were all, you know, we've talked about it before, but Star Trek, the original Trek was obviously produced and aired in, during the Vietnam War. And, you know, so questions of, having power and how you use it and or misuse it, you know, those are, well, they're always pertinent, but I think that they were particularly pertinent uh, at that time, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, especially leading into the uh, the Nixon era. Right. Do you remember, one of the things that has always, has always amused me a little bit about this is the fact that when they first walk into Trelane's uh, drawing room or whatever it is, there, there are a bunch of uh, Props, basically, but one of them right. is the salt creature from the man trap. Yeah, which I always thought that's really funny. They just had that sitting around, and that well, why not stick it in there? <laughs> well, you know, and, and that is that's that's a, a really neat point. Of course, he uh, subsequently vaporizes it with a phaser, but um, right. Uh, it, but why would I, it be I'm there, though? Reading. I guess the question. How's that? Why why is it there? Well, you know, I think uh, you can make a case in. Uh, going by the storyline, that if uh, Trelane is studying humans, there is every reason why he would study other alien races too. Right, but um, why? Why just that one? No, well, that's true. He didn't have any other. Avenues. I think everything else was Earth, old Earth, basically. Yeah, that I can I can tell, but I I hmm. suspect it was uh, it was a, a prop of convenience. Well, yeah, I'm sure that that was the, the actual practical reason for it. I was just trying to think of why it makes sense in the storyline. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if they were going to do that, it would have been better if they had, had uh, if they had showed some other alien races too. Right. But, and one of the things that I also enjoy about this one is really the sets are nicely done. Yeah. Com- especially compared to a lot of the other interior sets that they do outside the ship. Yeah. And, uh, I'm guessing, well, you know, a lot of the sets that they had to use were of alien ships and alien locations, and this time they could use, you know, I I have no doubt, but what on the Paramount lot, there there probably are probably several castle sets that are just standing for general use, you know, with a little redress or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, It was probably a lot easier in this case because they just say, hey, let's go grab that castle that and use it. I'm guessing that that's why it looks so much better because you know it wasn't created. To, uh, well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat here because I'm looking at the the Star Trek wiki here 
Oh. And there, there's a note saying that uh, production designer Matt Jeffries actually built that. He did. Wow. Yep. Well, he was. Uh, According to this, was, yeah. Yeah, he he was really good. He died so, just yeah. recently too. You know? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, just within the I think it was within the last six or eight months. Oh, huh, no kidding. So I guess that's all I have for this one. It's uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. I don't have any serious problems with it. I I actually watched the uh, enhanced version of this one. I've got a bunch of them, so I gave it a look. And there isn't a whole lot in it that's different. You know, the planet's a little different, and the ship's different, and all that. But the yeah. uh, one of the things that's kind of funny is that there there's the scene that involves Trelane basically chasing the Enterprise with his planet. Oh, really? Well, huh. you, you you remember that scene, right? They're trying to escape. Well, yeah, yeah, but they they do uh, an exterior. Um, no, they don't actually. Oh, but okay. that that one is kind of amusing because there's it's almost like you know hard to port, hard to starboard, and they all kind of lean and back and forth, yeah. and and that that that's one of the the times where you what I always think of the original Saturday Night Live satire. <laughs> When they're all just kind of halfway leaning back and forth, very robotic looking. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like they're in a car. Or something. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen those in ages. Those are really great. Yeah. Yeah. You mean the ones with John Belushi playing Kirk? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Those are a lot of fun. So I guess we can well, wrap this I one up. That's about all I have too. Um, yep. The what you know we pretty well covered it. It's uh, I guess in in a way it would be. Uh, more interesting conversation if there was more to criticize but <laughs> well that that's true and I, i'm sure we'll have ample opportunity coming up oh yeah yeah, yeah I've, I've already got there. i've already got uh, our friend faith who uh would really love to participate in a uh hashing of uh turnabout intruder oh really is that her least favorite episode i i, I think so yeah she i think she's just dying to to rip into it so that that ought to be fun <laughs> Well, there's also the Paradise Syndrome and Spock's Brain and the Way to Eden. And yeah, interestingly so enough, I think that a preponderance of the of the really bad episodes are in the third season. Oh, absolutely, they are. Yeah. So we got to get through all this boring good stuff. And <laughs> uh, of course, we'll we'll get to that point and be longing for the days of consistently good episodes going one after another. Well, and actually, we're coming up to the part in the the first season. Where they're, I mean, the rest of the first season really is quite solid. There, um, yes, and the rest of the season episodes in the first season are are really good. Yeah, I'm looking definitely looking forward to it. So, I think we can wrap this one up though for the, for tonight. Sounds good. Thanks for thanks for your participation, Eric, and uh, hopefully thanks we'll be back next time uh, and get Andy back in the loop. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs>